Hey guys, glad to have you here today. We have a big episode coming your way. Not only did we cover uh, relevant topics with regards to anger management and daily routine and scheduling, we also introduced four new segments that are going to be coming up every single episode moving forward, which are really fun. We wanted to give the podcast a bit more structure. We're changing it up a little bit, as well as you're going to notice the audio quality for the recording of the actual podcast is much, much better. Uh, We figured out a way to record locally and not have the crappy Wi-Fi connection out in Wakefield, Quebec for me (laughs) influence the Zoom recording quality. So really great episode here for you guys. Sit back, relax, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Call. Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call, the unscripted, unedited weekly conversation between Austin, John, and Amr. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. We have uh, John out here in Kelowna, BC. John, how are you doing this evening? Good. I'm doing. I'm doing fantastic. Spent a, awesome. a, a day at the beach with uh, Trisha. That was a very relaxing day. Hammer, how are you doing? Uh, doing excellent. We we're starting to film our course, and uh, it's uh, it's very exciting. We got some feedback on the first video that we've created. And uh, yeah, my voice has gone a bit from recording. So if my voice cracks, I do apologize. In yeah, advance. it's already cracked a few times. That's good. <laughs> no worries. What about you, Austin? What's going on? Oh, this is one of those episodes when you guys ask me how I'm doing. Okay. Um, oh this is good. <laughs> no, it's funny. We have an ongoing joke as hosts that I'm usually the one introing it. And I go, John, how are you? Amber, how are you? And then that is actually, if you kind of go back and audit our conversations, we usually just take off from there. And we never actually getting back to asking me how I'm doing. So it's kind of this joke is, will we get to ask Austin how he's doing? So it's kind of fun. Austin, how you doing, brother? <laughs> <laughs> Austin, shut up, man. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I uh, I had a great weekend, honestly. Like it's kind of, I, I don't know if you can feel the same, John, but I know given that you've been on a few trips recently, like it's kind of just starting to feel like the summer's come together and, and you can kind of just take the weekends off and really use them as recovery time and time to spend with people you care about. So that's actually uh, what I've been focusing on. And this weekend has been great just with spending with friends and family and just using it as, you know, downtime, recovery time, and then just being able to go at the week full pin. So it's been a really, you know, great time from golfing with friends to playing baseball, you know, just hanging out with people in a, in obviously an outdoor, um, breathable area, I guess you can say. What does recover, uh, just- uh, recovery look like for you? In terms of the term I just used, like the way I just used it, uh, yeah. I guess that would look like just not really having a focus around anything regarding uh, work primarily just in terms of the tasks I'm doing. I'm definitely focusing on the habits that, that allow me to perform that way, meaning like still up pretty early, still you know, making sure I'm, I'm tackling my day the way I want to get ahead of it and, and sticking true to what my plan is for the day. But I'm not necessarily actively working to further uh, my business on a Sunday morning, right? So uh, that's something that I've been focusing on. But it's really just the idea of spending time with people that I can't spend time with during the week, during the day. So just, uh, yeah, that's, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I just started meditating. I did it, I think, three times this week just to test it out. And the way, the reason I got 
I actually ended up doing it was because uh, somebody explained it really well. And they were saying, because John, I know you, you explained meditation for us, but what you get out of it is different for different people. And the majority of people meditate to control uh, the thoughts that pop in their head. So sometimes, most of the time, actually, throughout the day, whenever I'm like, oh, I should probably check my phone, I just go and grab my phone. Like there was no choice in the matter. Just get, the urge came, picked up my phone, and that was that. Oh, time to check my emails. Then I go check my emails. Oh, I should call this friend. I haven't talked to him in a while. I have some free time now. End up calling him. And what meditation does, it actually provides you a choice because you become, you're no longer an, you know, working automatically. You're not doing everything intentionally. So we never get an urge to do something like a thought um, a thought that pops in your head, you can actually make a decision, which you didn't have before. And I'm like, wow, that's actually really cool. Because the urge for me to eat dinner a bit earlier, I can control um, to spend, to take a break earlier than I would have liked, I can control. And so I meditated for five minutes. And then the next day I did 10 minutes. And around minute nine, I just... I, had to, I opened my eyes and started fidgeting because it was so hard to just sit there. The, the way I meditate was turn on the timer, 10 minutes, and uh, just try and sit there. And, at, and the second time I tried it at, at, at minute nine, I, I, I had to like just get up. I couldn't do it. My thought, my brain was overwhelmed with thoughts and I couldn't control them. And when I did some further research, it turns out the harder it is for you to meditate, uh, the more benefits you get out of it. So, I mean, yeah, I'll get back to the 20. I meditated for 20 minutes the other day, and that was just too intense. And now I'm dreading going back to meditating, but uh, maybe uh, a sweet spot of a five, maybe seven minutes. What does your meditation practice look like? Do you do a, a specific type of meditation or? Uh, I, like, I sit on the edge of my chair, like sit on the edge of my chair, put a timer on, and then that's it. And I close my eyes. No music, no guided meditation. But, but like the act of meditation, like what does that sort of look like for you? Fo just uh, focusing on the breathing. I just inhale through my nose, exhale through my nose, and just focus on the basically the breath coming out of my nose on the top of my lips. I just try and focus on that wow. sensation. Um, so trying to just become more mindful. Yeah. So no, like if there's a thought that comes in, I just kind of acknowledge it and then just go back to focusing on the breath. And that's it. Yeah. It's interesting too, like, um, we, you know, cause when you think about it even, even further too, you know, like you were saying how you, uh, throughout the day, you sort of almost do like a, uh, like there's the, the formal practice of meditation when you sit down and actually, you know, you're in your chair and you're, and you're, you know, focusing on the breath. But then what you were also speaking of is throughout the day, you're also then, you know, using that practice to then try and be more mindful throughout the day, right? It just comes up by itself because I do that thing in the morning throughout the day, whenever I get an urge, it, I can actually see it and just be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But like, but what my point being though is um, by meditating, by doing the formal practice of meditation throughout the day, you're just more mindful than you were before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. But the interesting thing is that when you, uh, like Sam Harris talks a lot about this, how even like that sense of control that you have throughout the day, that in of itself is still just an illusion of control. 
So it's it's you're you're now just observing your actions, but you're still not in control. Like any, this is the whole like free will and determinism thing. And so even though you may notice that you're that you have an urge, you you still don't actually have control whether you act or not act on that urge, or why did that urge pop up or why did it go away? Right. It, it's oh it, wow. Yeah. There's right. To this. Yeah. It's it's sort of interesting when you look at it that way too. Right. That's awesome. Well, I'm 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 excited to John. Can you this go further. into depth a little bit more on that, like in terms of the second realm of kind of perceived control around those types of emotions? Like going into more depth, uh, just explaining them more. Like I think it's a worthwhile topic to just go into. I mean, in terms of how you're meditating to perceivedly get more control over what you think about. However, is that in its uh, in and of itself an illusion? Right. Yeah, I suppose that. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really agree with the whole pursuit of trying to gain more control necessarily. But okay. But but certainly the more mindfulness, like, is is beneficial. Right. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm not really convinced that you would gain more control. You you certainly would uh, be more conscious of what's going on. So maybe you could. Uh, you know, just have clearer thoughts and have a better understanding of what's actually happening in your life. You know, why are the events unfolding the way they are? Like maybe you could still look at, uh, you know, what factors even drove to where where you are now versus just right. being into it, like, a, like just riding your emotions. Um, like for example, like maybe you get cut off in traffic and if you're not very mindful, you would just indulge in your anger. Whereas if you're mindful, right. you would realize, okay, well, maybe I should have just been like driving a little <laughs> bit slower right yeah right and then but at the very least i mean would say like you're mindful and you realize oh like this guy cut me off that's interesting how my body has like this emotional response to that right it's 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 quite possible that like like i wonder how long this emotion will last if i don't add fuel to the fire and then you realize it dissipates pretty quickly yeah well that's just it right like i think that a lot of people and and the reason i wanted you to go in a little bit more on that john was because I think a, a lot of what people think is stress control or even just training on how to control your anger, it doesn't mean that you're training yourself to not incur the feeling anymore because that is more of an instinctual reaction given a certain situation. It's more like, I, I, it, it sounds maybe clear to some people, but I think maybe others are realizing this for the first time possibly, to control one's anger. Well, the that distinction well, do, um, um, uh, Seneca actually, I mean, every, I think every person at some point in their life should read on anger uh, by Seneca. The Stoics talk so much about anger because anger to them is like the, like the total of like, it's just like completely returning your back on yourself. Like it's just, it's, it's just the worst thing you could do yourself is indulge in anger. And um, uh, both Epictetus and Seneca both talk about how the best course of action for anger is to just not allow it in the, to even come into your life at all, to just eliminate it, period, right? Right. Because once you, because to try and moderate your anger is so difficult versus just simply disconnecting from it is much easier. Right. Okay, but how do you, how do you do that? Well, I mean, the, there's, there's situations here's, where- here's, here's how I find the, here's at least- now, again, I mean, this is all like a learning process, right? I mean, 
is are you just going to go from having anger in your life to then just flipping a switch and now some anger never doesn't exist I, I haven't met anyone that has so you know like the, even people that i would consider who have incredible uh anger control like you want to see actually a great example of this um in in, in Jor- or austin you'll love this jordan peterson when he was uh, interviewed by kathy newman yeah that is like to me that is like one of the pinnacle moments of human (laughs) achievement (laughs) is like the fact that i know exactly what you're talking about anyone who hasn't please go watch the kathy newman jordan is is it a short enough audio snippet where she tries to trigger him that we can play it here like i feel like i wouldn't i wouldn't bother uh just because it's i think that most people should just go watch the full clip it's actually really fascinating there's actually a point um around like near the end like maybe like i think it's like a 30 minute interview near like the 25th minute or so uh he kind of catches her but okay but point being um that's a that's a great example of someone who uh was just not willing to give into that game okay but the 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 technique that i find most useful when non-indulging in anger is viewing more like just viewing things as opportunities right so like with um like when you go to a client and they start yelling at you rather than taking offense and and having that speak volumes on your character which we've spoke about you know quite quite extensively before right about the whole taking things personally thing yeah um view that as an opportunity right why would you be angry if you're now presented okay if you're gifted an opportunity to be resilient and uh, uh learn from something right like that's an opportunity for you to grow so you would not be angry. You would now actually be grateful. So you've taken something that would normally be something you would indulge in anger to now something you can practice gratefulness, right? So that's my, that's like my general technique and in that, that I find is a very successful way. Um, and I, I actually mentioned this maybe at the beginning of a couple podcasts ago or how like I had spent like an almost an entire morning like reading about anger, like on anger. Uh, uh, there's a book, it's called... Uh, Uh, yeah and you were like Uh, uber it's like how to to not be mad you were like (laughs) uber prepared for that client yeah 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 and so i go to this client but like i was going into it viewing it as an opportunity for me to like win this guy over and like show him that i care about him like i I was coming in with just pure love and so when i got there (laughs) and he was just pure angry i was prepared i was like okay but you're not always prepared what if what if you're not prepared yeah well sometimes you're not right but uh, you know, and, and certainly that would be more difficult, right? But like, but in the same way that even if you're a fighter, if you get sucker punched, I mean, that's not, that's less favorable than if you just were squared up against the guy. But, but, but by practicing as a fighter, if someone sucker punches you, unless they actually knock you out, you would hope that you would have this, the, the common sense or that the, 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 the uh, ability to square up and, and realize, okay, like I'm going to like see who's my threats, like who punched me. Okay. I'm going to figure out who punched me. How am I going to defend myself or whatever you're going to do, right? So the more you practice mindfulness, the more you read on the topic of anger, the more you read on, I mean, in my opinion, stoicism in general, right? Uh, I think the more prepared you would be as, a, as, the, as the Stoics would say, a gladiator, or as Marcus Aurelius would say, a wrestler, right? Mm. A gladiator and a wrestler of life, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I know, I've never really usually thought anger was... Uh was something it's only it's only my family my direct family that can really get to me you know when it comes to that oh and yeah no matter the amount of training for I've me tried, it's my friends like they know they know the bones to pick man like that's it oh really eh well it's the same yeah. thing with your family right like they'd know the way to just, like they I guess they just have that role like it's just 
it's it's more amicable because you know it's happening right like you can kind of feel it yeah that's fair play <laughs> yeah. yeah it's all in what's the worst what's the worst of your react you've reacted to austin like where mm. you just like spazzed out on somebody oh man like they're i mean just full-on fights right like with your friends like just wait fist fights well yeah i mean like it, it yeah. happens yeah really eh? oh for what's, sure what's the man. story there Okay, well, this is going to be a good one because uh, this is most recent. So um, if any of the boys are listening, shout out uh, because this is hilarious because it's, you know, it's just funny. When we were uh, over Christmas break, we were in Czech Republic uh, watching the World Junior Canadian Hockey Championship in Ostrava, which was just an absolute dream of mine to get over there and watch uh World Junior Hockey Championships, uh, watch Team Canada play for gold medal in a foreign country, win it. All it was amazing time. Um, and then we got home to our Airbnb, and uh, we honestly, it was a very confusing part of town that we were staying in, and we couldn't find the apartment that we were in in this one kind of janky building. And <laughs> uh, we were a group of six guys, and two of them were like very certain that we were in the right building. So they just stayed up, 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 upstairs. And then I realized that they were in the right building. So I like ran back upstairs and they were just waiting there for, I think they, they at the time thought it was going to be all of us, but it was just me running back up to like, tell them like, Hey, I think this is actually where we're supposed to be. And they just like dusted me with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> oh my God. So that was terrible. It was it was it was pretty it was pretty funny, but it was also just like I lo- I I snapped like I lost my mind. So, um, yeah, that was like a that was a fight, but also just wait, like, on, so you know, wait, wait, wait. So, fire extinguisher to your face? Well, not to my face. Like I was pretty far away, but it was honestly like just as bad for them because I don't know if anybody's ever been around a fire extinguisher being sprayed. Like it feels like glass in your lungs. It feels like absolute. Like you cannot breathe this stuff in without hurting. Like it sucks. And uh, so it honestly sucked equally for all of us, even though they sprayed it. Um, but I was pretty far. But yeah, anyway, it was it was close. Yeah. And then you so. just like lunged at them? No, I was just like dazed and confused and then went back outside, kind of like realized what had happened and then was just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, pretty angry but that's exactly it you lose control right like you lose you lose control of what i mean okay so john what what should have austin done there to not lose control (laughs) yeah that's that's my question he definitely could have just realized the humor in the situation i mean it's kind of a funny yeah because i'm still i i I honestly can't talk about it now without laughing because i've seen the videos like objectively speaking like it's it should be on barstool like it's hilarious no i mean it's one of those things where uh he he could have framed it as in like like see like okay so like actually this is a great example so if austin watched this video online like let's say like i like i showed him the video on my phone of like some guy getting you know dusted by a by a fire finisher <laughs> in czech republic by his two buddies like after they got like a night out on the town he would be laughing his ass off right but the fact that he's the guy it's not funny exactly no, come on, right yeah. so it's yeah, just yeah, it's just yeah. a misframing actually and the stoics talk a lot about framing right i mean it's 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 a common thing right like think about this getting t- like getting tackled okay by someone not a very favorable thing but if it's in rugby not a big deal at all so if you get tackled in the street by someone just act as if you're playing a game of rugby 
What? No, what no longer a problem. Yeah, but you're now in danger because you just got tackled in the street. Yeah, well then, no, okay, well then it, act it, as if now act as if you're in a jujitsu match. Okay, this guy, this guy wanted to play a game. He didn't, maybe didn't want to play, <laughs> right? Well, this is this now, is all sudden, now all of a sudden you're throwing up a triangle and you're choking the guy out. <laughs> Little did he know well, that that was game he was entering. <laughs> this is the right? big issue with, um, with with a lot of NFL football players and domestic abuse problems. Oh, there you go, boxers, right? Like, actually, know, wait, what do you mean, dude? It's actually well, such well, so a good like, example. Th- there's there's a crazy stat that again, you know, the NFL likes to hide the, uh, you know, and, and, and love football, love the sport of football. Not not trying to throw shade at anybody that loves football. There are some huge issues with the NFL as a league when it comes to mental health and also domestic abuse. So, I mean, I'm just stating facts, but um, there's a large percentage of retired NFL players that have domestic abuse charges, and that that you could argue is an idea of framing because their whole life they're trained to make money with being abusive and, and in the right context, right? Like you can even not only throw hits to like murder people pretty much in terms of how hard you're, you're, you're like you're, you're, you're in game. Sometimes you're hitting to hurt, right? Or like you're just hitting as hard as you possibly can. And, um, and then you go home and you're in an argument with your wife and that's what you're trained to do to make millions of dollars, right? Well, so, yeah, my uh, the, then what you just hit your wife. I had a I had well, a kid. Well, yes, I guess is the answer in that context, but like, there's not the necessarily hell? just like hitting your wife, but also just well, think about any it. I mean, form of abuse to anybody, right? Like, it doesn't have to be your wife. It could be like anybody that's close to you that you just shouldn't be hurting. That, what that, of, you know, uh, the things that make yeah. them successful is their aggressiveness, Ammer. Yeah, like, and so that's the framing issue, right? But like uh, my uh, oh. in, in my first year of university, I had a professor uh, business communications class, and this was like right near like the Ray Ray Rice scandal, and so Ray yeah, Rice was a literally running, what I was thinking. Yeah, Ray yeah. Rice was a running back for the uh, uh, Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. I actually don't even yeah. think he's ever played ever since then, and uh, he uh, he basically like punched out his wife like. In an elevator. In an elevator. In an yeah. elevator, and then like dragged her body out of the elevator, right? And uh, so my my. You not uh, seen this, Hammer? It's so bad. No. Anyway, my professor's like, yeah, like boxing, not a bad sport. In an elevator with your wife, bad move, right? So it's just it's just the context that matters there, <laughs> right? Wow, that's pretty sad. Because Connor, yeah. well, I mean, think about it though. Conor McGregor made a hundred million dollars off boxing. This guy lost his entire career. Right, but if Conor McGregor hit his wife, it'd be a different story. Right? Yeah, right. So, like it's like like yeah. literally like where you box. And who you box with is actually more important than the boxing. <laughs> well, breaking it down to like a biological point of view, right? It's just very, very simple. N- neural networks connected in your brain. You, you're you're setting yourself up to be training so that you know how best to defend yourself using those mechanisms, right? When you're in a fearing situation, when you feel like you're losing, can you judge somebody for using the neural networks that they've trained years and years to put in place to win tons of money and be su- superior? Right, like it's literally what you'd call instinctual, and a lot of these athletes can get off on these types of charges because of that. If they have a really, really good, um, what, what's the right term to use here? Not, it's like a what professional offense. testimony. Uh, but you get like a, a, a supposedly like an unbiased third party that's either a psychiatrist or yeah. a psychotherapist. Well, it's kind of interesting to, to think that, about right? too, because um, you know, like, so like that's one skill set, right? But like, think about like skill sets like salesmanship or like public speaking. Those are just things that like just serve you well in all fields. Like, you're never going to be like, 
wow, yes man, like no. what a shitty time to be a public speaker. Y- like, yes or, and no. Hey, man, like, dude, like, dude, you sold us on going to that one movie. Like, that was so, like, bad timing, man. Like, you know, like. Well, there's yeah. a difference between sales and, like, I'd say just communication slash persuasion. Because I think a lot of people would see, like, if they can see the fact that you're being a salesperson, they ne- wouldn't necessarily like that if it was on a more personal level. Well, it depends what you consider sales, of course. I mean, if you're doing yeah. need satisfaction selling, then yeah, I mean, so there's I'll, really I'll tell you this. Time I'll, for it, right? I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, when I was first year university, and whenever I would go to a party, the way I would speak to people would be structured and like formalized because I've spent two years just doing public speaking training. Yeah, and they call you up. I automatically put myself in a box where people would just be like, oh, this guy like is, is really smart, like knows what he's saying, but he's not a guy you would want to have fun with because right. he's just so He's formal. not a guy that you would want to do destructive, Get a beer with. Yeah, do destructive uh, build destructive habits with. So not, not <laughs> honestly, I still stand by my original thing of like not a bad, not bad place to do, <laughs> be a public speaker. Getting kicked out of a party is like pretty beneficial to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting point of view. Yeah. I was driving. Uh, okay, wait, John. <laughs> speaking of, I, this is a bit off course, but I wanted you to kind of elaborate on something you said many episodes ago that I, that I still fail to decipher. Oh, okay. You said that if you just want to go on vacation, you just close your eyes. Until this day, I just yeah, have, yeah. I just have a lot of trouble <laughs> understanding what that means. <laughs> well, because, okay, okay, hold on. Yeah, no, I'm actually glad that you bring that up because. Um, Okay, so okay, yeah, let's go. Let's go on this topic for a little bit. So, okay, so what? Uh, what's the goal of a vacation for most for most people? Okay, it's the ultimate. I think it's the ultimate method to escape responsibility. Mm. Okay, great, okay. but like, what? But okay, but Ammer, when if you ask just some random person on the street what's the point of a vacation, they're not saying that. So what's the uh, what's the like? Oh, what's really? like oh, the, my bad. Well, no, that's but, what I figured. No, no, but like, what do you think the like, an escape? Yeah, maybe, but to like, have fun. I was thinking like most people would go on a vacation because they they want to like treat themselves. They want to um, you know relax. They want to you know relax. find peace, yes. right? Like whatever, right? Like they want to just try and like unwind or something like that. Okay. Right. Would, okay. you, would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. From my experience, vacations typically do the opposite of that. And you would be better off just simply closing your eyes and you can achieve everything you wanted to just through meditation. Okay. I'm with you there and everything you said I agree with. The point that, that's like stuck in my brain, it's like the stick in the gear, mm-hmm. in the gearbox, mm-hmm. so to say, is if you're running a business mm-hmm. and you basically say, hey, look, like I really need some time off to just think and to get away to think, mm-hmm. to focus, mm-hmm. to strategize, mm-hmm. and then you just go to your bedroom, mm-hmm. then it's just way harder for people to be like, oh, John's on vacation. It's like, no, John's actually at home. You can totally reach him, but he's just like, you know, isolating himself. And so, yeah, you know, sometimes Trisha walking in, you have guests coming in and out. Well, I mean, that's, just, that's, a, I mean, there's, there's, that's such a solvable situation. I'm, I'm sure that's not what you meant. No. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. True. 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 I mean, yeah, like if, if, I, mean, I mean, like, uh, you look at, uh, like, I think Bill Gates used to, um, used to just rent a cabin and, and, and just yep. read for an entire week. 
Like he used to do that. Yep. Didn't he lock himself in a hotel room and he wrote out the entire initial code for like Microsoft or like Windows no, or something no like that? Idea. I heard I read that somewhere. I, I don't know if it's true. Like but a, point being though, he wrote it on like on like uh on um uh notepads. But point being though, I mean, if you want like isolation, it's not that hard. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, even if you have no money, I mean you could literally just go to like some park somewhere right like no one's like believe me oh. believe me okay like as a person who is like like i'm a professional loner like i i go many places by myself it, it no <laughs> one will talk to you believe me like like if you want to like if you want to talk to people they'll talk back but the amount of times that i've been sitting in a coffee shop and someone walks up to me and says wow man you've been here for four hours reading what book are you reading never happens the only people who do are guys who want to pitch me on mlms no, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually very good. Yeah, yeah. but if you were to, I guess the, the isolation good. aspect, the isolation aspect's what gets to me, and I think people can relate to this. Where I do feel I get pulled throughout my day to different directions. Sure, you know, it's like my dad would call me for something, then my mom wants me to come and have dinner because she hasn't seen me in a while. Yeah, but don't, and then do my you brother not pulled, has a question. Though? Right, I mean, because you have a phone, huh? right? If you go on vacation, people are, are like like. People are like, for example, me, like I have very few people in Kelowna that would like need to get it like physically to get a hold of me. Virtually anyone that I ever communicate with is phoning me. Like all of my like acquaintances or friends or business partners are all in Vancouver or out, out east like you two, right? Virtually mm-hmm. no one actually. I have one, maybe two, two people in Kelowna that I would consider like close friends of mine. But even then, they would never just come to my house, right? They would phone me. I think what you just pointed out is very interesting because I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever just taken my car once, gone to a park, and spent the day alone. Why not? No idea. I did it. I did it. Uh, what's today? I Sunday? think I'm going to do I that. I did it last night, actually. I uh, I, I went down to uh, Shoppers Drug Mart. I bought a notebook and I just wrote out like like just sort of like what do I want my life to look like in like a couple of years. Nice. And it was actually so pleasant. I just wrote it down. But I also tried writing it in a way that um, wasn't numbers. I tried writing it in words. Yeah. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but I find that most of my goals end up being something that's numerical. Yeah, that's good for like target practice and actually like hitting it. But if you visualize it, I, I know what you mean. You can do that. Yeah, like what are the smell of like, what's the smells of yes. things, right? Like what's yes. the visual? What's the, like, what are you hearing, right? Like that kind of stuff. Um, Correct. But even just putting it into words, you know, because it's one thing to write down a number or a monthly amount or a percentage or whatever. Correct. But it's another thing to put it Correct. into like, what is that? What is that? What is the numbers actually translate into real life? Yeah, you know I, what, man? I, I I don't think I have ever in my life gone and done something like this, so I'm gonna write it down. Do you know what's so another life hack? Is going to the this. movies by yourself. <laughs> How is that a life well, hack? Here's a, here's yeah, a, here's just, here's, a, here's, a, here's the word life Here's hack. another one. Go to a really nice restaurant, something where it's like you know fifty, sixty dollars a plate, and just go by yourself. I, I did that, and I was like reading as well. It, that was actually a pretty cool experience. But I, I'm talking about like wilderness. I think that's what I'm missing. I haven't been in the wilderness. We live in Toronto. Yeah, ever. you got to come to Wakefield, my friend. You know. Yeah. Okay, and I'm no going nowhere near that place. <laughs> you, can, you can keep Wakefield. No, too, no, so. no, no, no. Wakefield's a good place, man. You got to. It's actually quite So how do you do peaceful. this? I need I need some tips from you too. Okay, so, so I was just gonna what wait do I in do here. here? 
there's a really, yeah. really, really good podcast that I recommend everybody that's listening to this goes to listen to. It's the episode of the Tim Ferriss show, uh, which is on all platforms as well, where he interviews Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah. I sent a this to a few close friends, and I hope they listened to it. I know a few of them did. One thing that I'm taking away from Hugh that I'm starting actually tomorrow morning, which I'm really excited for, is Hugh does a really interesting thing when it comes to visualization and scheduling and how that res- and how that ends up being, you know, high functioning time management. So what he does instead of having a schedule, he has kind of you could call it a schedule. It's more like monthly, weekly commitments that he has to maintain for his job and for what he's doing or what whatever he's working on. But on a day-to-day basis, this is where it gets very interesting. He wakes up in the morning every morning at the same time. I can't remember what time. It's quite early. That's not really the point, though. He just wakes up, and instead of looking at a schedule and going, hmm, like, you know, that's already made from the day before, kind of like what I've doing, been doing, right? My schedule's already made for tomorrow. I would just wake up, I'd follow it, and then I'd do it, and it would look great. But kind of in line with what John's saying is you actually force yourself to write out, not in bullet points, not in numerical values, literally just write a small paragraph doesn't have to be very long at all Hmm. just on on what it would mean and what it would mean and what it would look like for your day to look or to 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 occur perfectly right in terms of the way you want it to look as of you know five six seven a.m that day so for me i'm going to wake up tomorrow morning i have nine meetings tomorrow with you know whether it's operators employees clients you know things for school so i need to actually write out like what each thing needs to happen in each meeting for it to look for it to be perfect right for for me to get the actual value that i need from that meeting and and then i have um you know a, a gathering or or like an in person kind of dinner it's like okay well you know what does that look like like what what do i want that to be right mhm so it it kind of just forces you to more visualize the day as opposed to kind of just waking up, looking at your schedule and following it. And then you go, oh, that was just another day. It allows you to kind of customize the micro, like the, the micro of your day every day, first thing. Right. So I'm going to do that for like, I'm starting that tomorrow morning and I kind of handpicked that as a best practice from Hugh Jackman. So I look forward to that. And, and, and Amber, I think, I hope that answers your question in terms of like how you could do that more often because I uh, and, and maybe we could talk about it as the week goes on too in terms of how it's working for us yeah no I, I actually do something similar where okay. I have a, like a, a, a pre-printed sheet and yeah. one of the sections is the day would be perfect if these three things get finished exactly and I'm like write those down but I was asking in terms of how do I actually get away like what do I do do I just tell everybody that I'm taking six hours off so nobody calls me and gets worried about me. And then do I go to, well, like, where, where do I are go? You finding like, your, do I go are, are you river? finding that people are trying to get a hold of you a lot? Yeah. Well, then just, like, I, I, like my, like, this is a, also a huge life hack. I have my phone on Do Not Disturb 24 hours a day. Mine's on Do Not Disturb as well. So then, but, so then how would, like, if you, if you, like, if you walk, you can I just see a missed it, call. Yeah, you can still see I see a missed it. call and then just be like, yeah, but, oh. but, but, what do you need your phone for? Like if, if you just walk out of the room, right? Like why, why not just leave your phone? Cause I get this anxiety that there might be an emergency that I need to know of. Yeah. So, like so, okay. So then family. great. So yeah. So you so meditate on that anxiety. 
No, but it, it's, a, it's isn't that a real thing? Like, what if your mom's trying to get a hold of you because like yeah, she needs to but, but, go somewhere but or something? I mean, that's always the case. I mean, you're 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 worrying about something that that you don't know. I mean, like that's exactly why you like become mindful of that. I mean, there's always something that could be going wrong, right? I mean, think about there was times where you would have to write a letter to someone. So like you were so not like we were not very connected. I mean, <laughs> I kind of literally like still like that. Imagine this though. I mean, you get a letter in the mail saying your mother died. At any given moment, you basically know that that like your mother like if when you get a letter in the mail saying your mom died, she died like a month ago. Right? Like like think about like like when when Benjamin Franklin like went back to England like from the US, right? And he like writes a letter back to his lover. It's like dude, there's no connection there. Like right? he's he's long gone. So just you know be more disconnected from it i mean interesting what, like 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 here's the thing here's another thing too i actually like to have something that doesn't go right like so like i'll look at my phone for example and i'll and i'll see something like like hey like you know ladder fell and went through a window and i'll look at it and be like okay interesting and then i'll just walk away from it what's which just see what happens right like what like what <laughs> no because no but you think about it though like it's not like you're not really being like a bad person. You're just looking and be like, I could have also just as easily not looked at my phone for an hour because I, I could have like, what if I lost my phone? I this would kind of touches seen- on the same topic as I, I shared about on the first solo podcast that we did, which was me. It was about perceived control. It was about making decisions that would be scalable for an army as opposed to my um, specific to you and your personal needs. So this is kind of the perfect example is, John, if you stepped in and solved that problem, you wouldn't be able to run a country that way, right? Like, you you know, if, if example, if the country depended on you to step in and solve problems, not scalable, not sustainable. But if you want to be able to have the system in place for you to walk away and the problem to be solved, right, if that makes sense. That's Emmer, I just understand that my productivity is directly related to just how focused I am on actually completing the given task that I'm on. So one, checking my phone does not exist. Ideally, right? I mean, like right now, for example, I'm on this podcast. So like for the hour and a half that I'm on this podcast, could I get a text message from a client right now? Could I get a phone call? Could I get, absolutely, but it's so not, it's not relevant to what I'm currently doing. By checking my phone, one, I'm not even going to be able to act on what it is I see. So that's not going to contribute to my current situation. But two, I'm actually detracting from my current mm-hmm. objective, right? So like if I'm, that's why I put, that's why I put my phone, by the way, on do not disturb. Because there's actually not a single phone call I could receive. Like, cause the only way that you would ever phone me and and have me answer it would be if I'm actively on my phone, which means that I'm in phone mode. If you phone me and I'm on my phone, great. That's an appropriate time for me to answer it because I'm already right there. I'm already, my objective is to clear my phone messages, right? So like like I'll have like seven emails and four text messages and I'll go burn through all of that in a half hour stretch. But then in a half hour stretch, I'm hyper focused to get all of that information completely done and communicate with who I need to communicate with, right? But another thing that I also do, which this is huge for uh, tradesmen, is I have removed myself for the most part from the bottlenecks of my business that require me to have information that needs to be acted upon right away. My painters know 
that if they need something that's acted upon immediately, Jocelyn's your person. She's getting paid by the hour, okay, all day, every day to answer your call and deal with your situation. If you call me, don't expect a quick response because that's not what my job is, right? Now, if you now where I would want to have a quick response is a sales lead because I'm still the bottleneck on that aspect of my business. If I get a sales lead, I want to call them right away because the value of that lead is dropping every hour I don't call them, right? Yeah. Mm. So I guess kind of bring that full circle back to what you're saying. How do you escape? Well, don't escape. Be more efficient while in it. Mm-hmm. Because the thing, I totally agree. Like if I'm doing the podcast or if I'm on a phone call or I'm in a client meeting, I actually don't care about my phone or if there's a phone call coming. But the rest of the time, which is like 95% of my time, it's just myself trying to organize myself and my tasks. Because when you're running your own business, you still don't have the well, I mean, as much. But like, like, for example, like I wouldn't answer the phone if I was having sex with my girlfriend. Right? Like if I'm having sex with my girlfriend, my phone's over there. Like, cause like there's nothing else on my mind. Like I'm just simply having sex with my girlfriend, right? Tr- Trish and I are just going at it. There's no, <laughs> okay. there's no like, wow, I wonder if like okay. an employee wow, is let's, quitting Let's right get now, into right? this. <laughs> but like, so like I try and have the same focus that I do in, during sex on all of the things that I do in my life. Okay, I mean, I get cool. the point. That was a, yeah, that was a weird, definitely a weird way to put it. But well, yeah, I think, I, I think yeah, most people can relate to just not like, you, like the last thing you're thinking about is like whether or not you have a phone call. Right. Okay. That's during fair. that. Like, I think that's a, a, an example that most people can relate to that. You're not exactly thinking about other stuff. Right. But like, it's interesting though, because, um, like why well, even Amr today, I sent you a screenshot of my phone time. I mean, 43 minutes per day. Right. Yeah. That's pretty right. Good. I mean, like, and, and I bet if we went through that, like, really briefly right now, I bet we would, like, I bet most of that spent on calculator. I'm not even kidding. You can probably, you can probably exclude apps from the, the tracking. Yeah, so phone. today, I spent 22 minutes on my calculator of the 43 minutes. So 50% of the time that I used my phone today was calculator. <laughs> That's nice. Right. Yeah. So I remember there's just, there's just, there was a day yeah. I used the calculator for like two hours. Yeah, there's, that was like a, like a, a gold day. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, I didn't it's always used okay. to be that way though. Right. Like when I, uh, when I first started my business, I would be answering my phone all the time. Like I just did not value my own time. Like, because, uh, the moment that you answer a phone call, it, it pulls you away from what you're doing. Right. And you're going to yeah, be way 100%. less productive. Like when I do my production planners, if I sit down, I put a podcast on, I'm just in the mode, my phone's on do not disturb, I can bang out like like as many pod or as many production planners as I possibly could conceive like at any given moment in an hour and a half. It's just, they're all gone, right? But if I'm answering the phone, texting someone, blah, 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 right? By answering the phone, I'm saying no to what's important and saying yes to the random. So like I had this huge problem at the beginning of the year where I would like answer the phone from someone. It's like, well, hold on. Like when I scheduled in my, in my planner, okay, one hour of, um, I don't know, uh, reading, right. During that hour, I didn't schedule a 20 minute conversation with someone. So if someone calls me, that's going to go to voicemail, but I'm not even going to see that I'm calling them because it's just on do not disturb. 
And during the hour, I didn't schedule check phone every eight minutes, right? Fact. I'm just reading, okay. right? But this is cool. also so important though for your relationships. I mean, uh, the next, I mean, this is one of the things why I love about going places by myself is because then I don't have to like give my time to anyone. I can actually just, mm-hmm. I can actually give my attention to all the other people in the room who don't even, yeah. who don't even know that I'm giving them my attention. So I can, I can view things um, like Patricia and I like to sit on the same side of the, the table when we go to a restaurant and we like the people watch. And one of the things that we observe so often is how a lot of the other tables aren't even giving each other their own attention. People answering the phone while they're at the table, they're texting, whatever, right? So, Amber, imagine you and I, like right now, you and I are talking, right? So, Correct. So we're talking, okay? Now just all of a sudden mm-hmm. imagine someone just walked up to us and just started talking to me. Like, 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 start talk to me for a minute. Yeah. Okay, like, start talking to me. <laughs> yeah. So, I think after this podcast, and then I'm all like, of a sudden, Trisha walks run. in and just starts talking. You'd be like, uh, "Excuse me, excuse me." Yeah, what, yeah. Dude, what the, we're having a conversation here, right? But imagine I just started talking with them and just ignored you, and now you're just like, "What?" I'm just sitting here. That's literally uh, what you're doing when you answer the phone. Oh. Okay. When you start texting someone, you're literally communicating with that person and you're ceasing communication with one other person. For some reason, it makes it easier though, right? Like, cause there's no person in front of you. Cause I definitely in the past have really struggled with that and I'm trying to, I'm getting better at it, but it's still definitely something that like, I'm on my phone way too much, especially around other people. Man, I just can't believe how this, you know, our, I, I would I think I would say like my biggest challenge maybe Austin you would agree to this but my biggest challenge is managing how I use my phone like it's it's ridiculous we've we've become it, it's interesting how one of the challenges is managing the thing that's supposed to improve your productivity yeah no I know yeah, yeah. I know it's insane it's actually just like imagine insane. we just well you, you can say that about a lot of things the door of our car like like right now like you know what guys I'm, I'll be right back. I'm just ran down to my car and just open and close that's, the door. No, that's a bad example because like there's no function in that. But there is functionality or perceived functionality in doing things like, for example, social media. That's and I, we don't have to go down that that wormhole. But I would love you to. know you could you could I know well I, I think <laughs> we, that a lot of people dug in too we've many dug times, in right? yeah we've dug in way too many times. But you could say the same thing for food, right? Like food is there to survive fuel or provide fuel to us and allow us to survive. But obviously I think I've conquered hunger. That's a lot of like, things. That's such an aggressive statement. Yeah, yeah no, seriously. I, I, that was out I, of nowhere. <laughs> Cause yesterday I didn't eat. And I, that's I totally not what forgot. conquering hunger looks like <laughs> no. my friend. That's what, that's okay, what, uh, malnourishment and starvation. Okay. Uh, here's one like for you. In terms of fair play. Fair here's play. one for you. Think about how many things people do in modern society that if they did them in a hunter-gatherer society, they would just be absolutely fucked. <laughs> so, yeah, so I know. have you guys seen that? That, that I, I, I really pray that you guys have because it's such an epic scene. But there's like this movie about like when uh, it's it's about the um, the uh, the first. Well, I mean, it's a made-up movie, of course, but it's about uh, man's like how man became like uh, uh, friendly with dogs. Like there's like this wolf that, that this guy like becomes friends with in like a hunter-gatherer society. You guys ever seen this? 
No. It was kind of like a cheesy movie, so I, I can see why not. Okay, point being, there's this one scene where they're like, there's like, he's like a part of this tribe, and they're all around this big, big bonfire in the middle of the night. And like, take in mind, like, there's like the mosquitoes the size of birds. Like, it's like they're like really trying to like show like how gnarly it was to survive like back in like the Sahara, you know, like like the the plains yeah, 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 right yeah. of Africa. And there's a saber toothed tiger the size of a fucking bus. Like it's so like because they like, saber toothed tigers used to be massive, right? Yeah, and they yeah, can just yeah. hear it like like in the background right and then like they're like looking around and all of a sudden it just flies by and just takes a guy right out like right away right <laughs> and i'm just thinking to myself right it, like they're, they're all like like huddled around the fire like trying to stay warm and they're just like they're all basically just praying that they're not the one that the saber-toothed tiger takes tonight right imagine jimmy's like dude let's get fucked up like like, you know what I mean? Like, dude, let's get blackout tonight. Like, <laughs> like, dude, Jimmy's a dead man. <laughs> That's so funny. Or like, dude, like imagine like your guys are all around the fire and then like Rebecca's like, yeah, man, I gotta go for a smoke break. And she just like walks off and just fucking save her to a tiger. Just gone. Right? <laughs> or somebody's just glued to their phone and not aware of their surroundings and just gone. But yeah, even like, so imagine weird. someone's like eating like a super, like I'm like a, like, you know, like I had this aunt that used to eat off. You guys know those, um, it's just so wild. You guys know those, um, those cheese twists, like those, you know, like those little like bags of, uh, yeah, like, like they're the, in, but, yeah, string, but string like, cheese. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like cheese twist. Uh, it was like a, it was like a chip basically. It was like a puff. It was like cheese twists. Oh yeah. Those are foul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, like, they're like, they actually taste like, like wet cardboard. I mean, they don't even taste yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, they yeah always, like the yellow they always ones. Come, yeah. 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 They always come in like that absurdly large bag. Massive But it's bag. funny because, yeah. because the, um, chips are mainly air. They actually can fill it right to the brim because like there's so much air there's, within the chip that right. they can actually just pack it full. Right. Okay. So, so, you know, so I had this aunt that used to eat a bag, a whole bag just about every night. Yeah, it was nuts. Either way, so my point being is like, imagine, right? Like, you're just all sitting around, <laughs> and it's like just yeah. like just eating this whole bag of chips <laughs> at the fire, right? Like hunter gatherer society, and then like Ammer looks Dusted. over, and Ammer looks over, and it's like, hey, Austin, I don't know if you know, but we have to run forty five kilometers tomorrow while hunting deer. So like, maybe that's not a good idea. Like you're gonna literally like you're not gonna feel good in the morning. Like this is a bad oh move. Oh my god! Future man. Austin is gonna regret this, right? Or imagine, imagine like I like, I like go over to Ammer's tent in the morning. Like, hey Ammer, Ammer, let's get up, man. We gotta go hunting, man. We gotta go feed our family. And then Ammer's like, no, dude, it's a mental health day. I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I think I think it's time. I think it's time to jump into some segments. This is going to be yeah. the first episode of many, where you can see that we're you know we we discuss what 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 naturally comes to us for the first large part of the episode, and then we always finish off with now it's going to be recurring segments. So there's four segments. Um, the first one. Oh, I can't wait for this. One. Yeah, this the first so one is sick. going to be um, it's whack versus wisdom with John where he reads the whack rap lyrics and then also his, so it's always him reading the dichotomy of rap lyrics versus um, excerpts from books that he's reading with regards to philosophy or meditation, which is hilarious. I actually and then, picked out a line, by the way, just okay, by I pure chance that has so much to do with what we were talking about earlier. So this is great. Love it. Uh, the Always. second segment is academics with Austin. So this is a part where I just kind of quickly discuss 
um, kind of a really relevant academic finding to what we've been talking about recently. So I have a really good one in store for you guys tonight, which is great. Uh, and then we have Amher's accredited advice. So as Amher starting his consulting business, we have him share a lot of different stories of in terms of how his like particular stories of how any one of his clients has overcame an issue or adversity or a setback in their business or life and how he dealt with it and what they got from it. So I think that'll be great, a really valuable segment. And then we'll also just go into a, a lot. The fourth one is John's jargon, which is going to be um, a time where John shares um, any one of the things that he's choosing to read from his, you know, his weekly readings. And, and he does read a lot. So we know that he will have a large pool of information to share from. So this is going to be a really cool thing that I think, you know, and definitely guys, give us a ton of feedback on this when you hear it for the first couple times, really open to any feedback you guys have. So yeah, we'll, we'll jump in. Without further ado, some we shall jump into the first segment. Uh, yeah, no, I, let's ask, should it be whack versus wise or whack versus wisdom? I like wisdom. Whack versus wisdom, I think well, is the route. Well, let's do a poll on the, uh, let's do a poll. Yeah. We'll do a poll. By the way, if you want to hear a rap song that we all review, drop it in the comments. Yeah. And we'll listen to, and we'll play it on the next. Yeah, episode. let us know which song we should put next to John's meditation. <laughs> yeah. Reading. So th- this this song is currently uh, trending. Yeah, I actually love this song personally. Um, and while I was listening to it, I was like, "There's a line here where uh, <laughs> it, it just gets absurd." And I'm like, "Oh my god, let's let's break okay, this so down." Okay, so play the so line. I'll, I'll play the audio. Yeah. Y'all know this is future. And the song is Solitaires featuring Travis Scott. Came up on fun brick, bought on Richard Mill, my new watch don't tick. Drippin' Louis V made a movie and brought another film. It's a dying daughter, I stand this llama gee on one wheel. Twelve o'clock, and I got my gun clock, and I'm on one pill. Monday, always a Sunday, took a time to drill. Get my letters, I'm getting my paper, I'm getting my trees. One thousand percent, keep it one thousand with me. That was the little segment there. There's a lot to unpack. So, Mr. John Morgan, can you please read the lyrics back to us for those who have missed the mumbling of future? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Highlight the ones you want me to read. There you go. Okay. Came. I I can translate some of these for you. Came up off a brick. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah that's that means- what we'll do. We'll, I'll read this, you translate it, and then I'll read my stuff and then translate it to you guys. So came up off a brick means like he's he's a drug dealer, sells cocaine, and basically has found some fortune <laughs> by selling coke. Bought a Richard Milley. My new watch don't tick. Dripping. So Richard Mill is a is a type of watch where I think the starting bid on that watch is around $200,000. It's the most expensive Watch brand. Drippin' in Louis, which I think is wearing. Drippin' in Louis V. uh, Made a movie and Prada another (laughs) film. It's Don Dada. I stand this Lamborghini on one wheel. 12 o'clock and I got my gun clocked. I'm on one pill. Monday all the way to Sunday. Pick a time to drill. Get in my lettuce. I'm getting my paper. I'm getting my trees. (laughs) Woo, woo, one thousand percent. Keep it one thousand with me. Woo, woo, yeah. <laughs> I need it. So, by go. the way, when he says made a movie, it, he's talking about like a, a porn film. Compare and, this. So, think. Just yeah. picture Ammer driving on the street in his Maserati, 
bumping that track. Meanwhile, you see John roll up in his minivan to the red light, and all you hear I'm gonna is... I'm going to mute myself because I'm dying of laughter. You don't have to turn this into something. It doesn't have to upset you. Things can't shape our decisions by themselves. Practice really hearing what people say. Do your best to get inside their minds. <laughs> it's like a conversation between a grandfather and like a kid. But Literally. what I just read though is so profound. Like you don't have to turn oh. this into something. It doesn't have to upset you. Things can't shape our decisions by themselves. Right. That, that's exactly what we were talking about earlier, right? Where you don't actually have to get upset about that. Like, like that, like when your painter like burns someone's house down. You don't, like, oh, here's a great example of uh, something similar to that. So, um, uh, when Thomas Edison's uh, uh, basically life work, like his lab laboratory where he did all of his research, burnt down, he told his um, his assistant to run home to get his wife because this was the most beautiful fire he's ever seen. Huh. Whoa, that's how stoic he was. Wow. Meanwhile, his entire life's work, like you know, he he, he invested millions of dollars into this laboratory was being burnt to the ground but because of all the chemicals inside of it it was like this like beautiful like flame with all this like red and like blue and green oh wow so he's like go get my wife man like this this is a beautiful fire i don't want her to miss this wow you don't have to get upset i didn't know that yeah jeez um okay so we'll jump into academics with austin amber can you let me screen share of course yeah so that's that's that way i want to hear what john what's your opinion on this type of lifestyle (laughs) What do you think can come out of, you know, wearing $30,000 tracksuits, $200,000 watches, always being on drugs? I think we talked about, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, no no high performers are, are really doing this. I mean, you know, this is people who, in my opinion, have potentially just won some sort of uh, lottery of the masses. And, you know, for the, like, I mean, if these people are actually making legitimate business decisions, that's great. But they're surely not educating the masses on their on their uh, with, with this with this type of like language. Well, let's see futures net worth. Uh, he's worth forty million dollars. Hmm. Well, that's that's a random Google search. What what I'd be fascinated? I mean, because like everyone thought Fifty Cent was rich, and then and guess what? He filed bankruptcy, right? So it, it'll be fascinating to see where these guys is like where like what's future going to be like when he's eighty? Like I mean we've we've already seen this before. Think about like think about um like all of the rock stars in the eighties, and then they all ended up like you know dying young. Like think of like you know like they like people dying young, dying dying of overdoses. They lose their money. They're no longer cool. They they like try and live that light. Like like if, for example, his net worth is forty. Well, his net worth is forty million dollars right now because he's making tons of money. What happens when Future's no longer popular and he wants to continue dripping in Louis V with a, with a hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch? But he's right. I mean, we've seen this before, right? I mean, Allen Iverson's a great example, right? The, I mean, the guy went broke like four years out of basketball. Why? Because he stopped making money, right? So these guys are not. I mean, you know, if you want to be dripping in Louis V and you and you're doing it from your investment income, great. But if you're blowing your money on depreciating assets okay come on right like that's not that's not that's not a path to wealth and that's not an obtainable way for anyone else to build wealth fair play awesome let's uh educate the masses with some interesting article that you found for sure um you just got to enable my screen sharing 
And I will get that over. I just, it's something I need to show you guys too. And it'll also just allow us to have a better discussion for the viewers. There you go. Okay. Awesome. So, um, so this has to do with delayed discounting. So you're talking about this a few weeks ago. All right. No, it was last episode. So if you want a brief overview on delayed discounting, and this is your first episode, I can explain it in 30 seconds, but like in terms of providing context in this example, but I do recommend you go listen to the last episode when we did talk about it, vice versus virtue. Um, because this is going to be, this is going to blow your guys' minds. So this is a meta analysis on uh, the comorbidity of delayed discounting. So that's just a big pile of words that essentially means it's a paper that reviews all delayed discounting literature and compiles it into how the field of research performs to get like a consensus on what it like what the overlooking results are for the field because you can get one study that says this one study that says this and they're very polar opposite but the meta analysis brings everything together right it says as a whole where does you know where is delayed discounting and and what and, and or, how or do people in, act differently or in layman yeah. terms basically you could imagine there's 50 people in a room, they all have different opinions. And then you were to take the collection of their opinions and see what like the general consensus is. Exactly. And so just to sum up delayed discounting very quickly, um, it, it is essentially the way that people make decisions when you manipulate two variables, the amount of a reward and the time of that reward. So for example, would you rather have $100 today or $200 in a month? And then let's say somebody opts for the $200 in a month, you would call that person, oh, they have a good sense of delayed gratification, i.e. measuring delayed discounting, right? Now you can play with that a bit too, right? Now $100 today or $120 in a month. Okay, now that's a lot less. Does the decision change towards the immediate now, right? So the idea here is this paper looks at, it's very interesting. It looks at how delayed discounting predicts major transdiagnostic psychiatric disorders. So this is what a, a, a box plot is. Um, and if we look at like, for example, major depressive disorder, okay? So all of these are studies individually done. And these are the weights that they're assigned. Also, so the you, squares, got, you have to remember that no one on the for like, sure. I'm just trying to get, can. I'm just trying to show you guys so you guys can understand the magnitude of what the hell is going on here. Cause then it, it, the whole thing will make sense to you guys. As soon as I explain this one thing, if the, the diamond at the bottom, the aggregate effect size is really what we're looking at. So look at all of these diamonds and this is the, and this, this dotted line is the point of zero. So look how far each diamond is off of zero. And that reflects that so we're talking about last week, we're talking about how if somebody has a good sense of delayed gratification, how important that is, right? That was our discussion last week, vice versus virtue. Well, not only is that important, but it's also one of the biggest predictors for psychiatric disorders. So major depressive disorder. If you are somebody that does not necessarily opt for the delayed gratification option, higher likelihood of developing this. Makes absolute perfect sense. Higher likelihood of being wow. schizophrenic, higher likelihood of having borderline personality disorder, higher likelihood of being bipolar, higher likelihood of having OCD, higher likelihood of being bulimic, higher likelihood of binge eating disorder, and lower likelihood of anorexia. So 
think about what this means. This is kind of just the icing on the cake. Think about what it means to have really good delayed gratification. And you're also more tendent, you have a higher tendency to be anorexic. Think about the behaviors there, right? Like anorexia, what does that mean? It means you don't want, like you actually, you hate rewarding yourself. <laughs> like you hate taking the impulsive option so much so that you hate yourself. Oh, wow. Think about that, right? Hmm. And this is the only aggregate effect size that's left of zero. Uh, so it, yeah. it, it's it's honestly ridiculous. Like this paper is insane. Okay, would you guys agree like, that for the most part, those people who are willing to delay gratification are just on average more successful? For sure. But now we're talking about mental illness no hold on i'm gonna tie it back yeah. yeah easily yeah correct okay to me it's 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 no wonder like if if you are you know completely impulsive you're living in your you know your parents basement you have four duis you're an alcoholic you have a drug problem and you know you cheat on your girlfriend you're constantly in and out of relationships your friends don't trust you you don't trust yourself and you're just super impulsive no shit you're depressed no shit you know you have all these different you know disorders and things like that right right i just think that it 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 takes a study like this to really contextualize what it means to have a linked cause and effect reaction between no it's cool in the academics like prove prove like what seems to be like the consensus and honestly if anybody heard me explain this and they're really interested in decision making science or you know just the idea behind what it means to study delayed gratification or any sort of decision-making process. I think that, you know, definitely reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to send you this paper because it's definitely written in a way that is not too academically like difficult for sure. Like I'm somebody that had to really train myself to read academic papers because they are very dense, but this paper, because it's more of like a synopsis on the field as a whole, it's actually written in a quite, you know, I'd say more layman's terms than than more than, than all the other papers it's actually reviewing, right? Um, the most, so the way that this works, just to kind of leave you guys off, and, and, I'll, and we'll jump to uh, Amherst segment here in a sec. So you see how all these diamonds change size? There's like bigger ones and smaller ones. So the bigger, the more yeah. impactful the effect size. So the biggest one's actually schizophrenia, borderline personality disorder, and bipolar disorder. Those are the four big, three biggest ones. Mm. So that that's kind of. Do you think like, delayed gratification is like linkedly tied to how impulsive you are? Is that that's it's similar? So the the the, the difference, the, the really important difference to decipher between impulsivity and delayed discounting is delayed discounting is just one measure of what it means to kind of claw away at what it is to be impulsive. So like delayed discounting is the measure you'd use to get a good sense of one's impulsivity. But you cannot say if one has, you know, steep delayed discounting, for example, they discount a lot, meaning they always opt for the immediate, like, give me the reward now type of thing. You really have to look at it on a per domain basis. Are they discounting money? Are they discounting food? Are they discounting sex? Are they discounting, you know, social gatherings? You know, like literally, are they discounting the clothes they're wearing are they discounting are they discounting money when it comes to clothes but not technology are they discounting when would it comes like, to so like, like would be me would me 
like I discount, like it's just a proper way of looking at it. Like I discount social gatherings and like parties so severely that like the odd, like, like maybe I'll do that like way later. No, you in my don't life. discount them. You don't discount them. Discounting them means that like literally in the sense of the word, you discount them, meaning you don't value them in the future as much. You want them now. So. Oh, so I, okay. So if you're a, if oh, you're a high, if you're a, okay. if you're a discounter, it means that you're actually wanting the immediate thing. Oh, that's like counterintuitive to how you'd think about it. But yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's kind of just the way it. Like, the, no, I get, I get that's this, how that works. But I just so, yeah. so this is so. Look at the look at the thing. It favors steep DD. Favors steep delayed discounting. Meaning like high amounts. No, I get that. Yeah. Versus yeah. shallow. Okay. Cool. Well, um, yeah. If if anybody wants to. Uh, to to move on from this we can but if anybody also wants to you know reach out and talk to me about this personally i'd love to engage in a discussion with you guys about this this is obviously as you guys can hear i'm this is what i love to do this is my field of research so definitely pick my brain about it if you'd like i'd love nothing more than that so if you have any questions at all please let me know uh next we're jumping to um ammer so ammer's accredited advice yeah, triple A, baby. Here we go. So while studying our clients, uh, we've noticed that a lot of people signed up with us because they wanted a lot of marketing advice. Pardon my cracking of my voice, but uh, a lot of people wanted marketing advice. They're like, hey, come, like, get me more leads, get me more leads, get me more leads. That's the answer. When really what's usually being discounted in the industry is the importance of sales. So if we had a, one of our clients, uh, same amount of leads since he started with us. And now he's booking triple the amount of work. And he basically 10X'd his revenue. So he went from $2,000 a month to $20,000 a month. He runs a flooring business. And the kind of takeaway at the end there was, the focus on sales, that really sales is the one thing that you can control now. So the way we're structuring our future courses is that we're first training the individual and in being really good at sales and closing sales. So if John, for example, you came to us as a client, we wouldn't give you more leads. We would look at ways for you to close more jobs efficiently because you can do that tomorrow. Whereas the leads... And the new marketing systems that you're going to implement usually take a week or two for them to fully pan out. And so sales becomes this thing that in the industry is actually not taken as seriously. And you have this uh, this failure to close a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. And people think, oh, I just need more leads. I just need my, my leads suck. Uh, nobody's clicking on my website. But that's not really the issue. The issue is the ability... Well, to convert a total stranger into a paying customer. Have you seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Oh, Coffees for closers. That's such... Every salesman yeah. needs to watch that skit. He basically just said exactly what Amher said, but in like in a very aggressive way. Yeah. It's, the leads aren't the problem. You are. <laughs> And then the oh, one, the man. one guy get the one guy like gets it's like the sales meeting this like and he's like this guy like comes in he's like 
Yeah, it's so funny. He like uh, this one guy like, gets up to like go get coffee. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm gonna go get coffee." He's like, "Coffee's for closers. Sit your ass down." Yeah, I love that that scene. Oh, it, who, it, who? I think that's Alec Baldwin it is, it who is comes Alec in, Baldwin, right? Yeah, he's like, "See, this watch is a sixty thousand dollar watch. I got a brand new Cadillac. What are you driving?" Yeah, I love that. I love that scene. Yeah. I'll uh, let me actually play a little little snippet of that. Oh, because... it's so good. So good. Yeah, I think it's so relevant here, and it just polishes my point totally here. So uh, let me. There probably does come a point where you would need to generate more leads, but I think most people's problem, I agree, Amor, is that they just simply aren't. Yeah, they're just not closing the leads they do get. Oh, totally. This, by the way, guys, this is like the Bible for salespeople. Amor, just play it right from there. Just right from there. It's just let so me have good. your attention for a moment. Because you're talking about what? You're talking about. Young Alec. Bitching about that sale you shot. Some son of a bitch don't want to buy land. Somebody don't want what you're selling. Some broad you're trying to screw, so forth. Let's talk about something important. Are they all here? All but one. Well, I'm going anyway. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Yeah, somebody is at the back of the room. Only. Oh. <laughs> you think I'm fucking with you? I am not fucking with you. <laughs> I'm here from downtown. I'm here from Mitch and Murray. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. Your name's Levine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You call yourself a salesman, you son of a bitch? <laughs> I don't gotta listen to this shit. You certainly don't, pal. Because the good news is you're fired. The bad news is you've got all you've got just one week to regain your job, starting with tonight. Starting with tonight's sit. Oh, have I got your attention now? Good. Because we're adding a little something to this month's sales contest. As you all know, first prize is a Cadillac Eldorado. Anybody want to see second prize? Second prize, a set of steak knives. Third prize is you're fired. There's only three guys in here. <laughs> Picture. You laughing now? You got leads. Mitch and Murray paid good money. Get their names to sell them. You can't close the leads you're given. You can't close shit. You are shit. Hit the bricks, pal, and beat it, because you are going out. The leads are weak. The leads are weak. The fucking leads are weak. <laughs> you are weak. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> you know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. What That's the it hell? right there. Tell me that isn't just absolutely legendary. Yeah, it's scene. also just like I, I it's not good I, management I, I, style. No, it's not good leadership at all. No, but, it's just like I wish he would have gone into more detail about like why he's superior in that sense. Like no, I, no, I mean because he can ego. close the deal. No, but, but, but the point being though is that uh, ultimately, uh, you know, those who close win. And if if you're ever having problems, it's because you're not closing. 
right? You're not closing those important conversations with your girlfriend. Yeah, this goes back you're to not, like sell or be sold, right? This is yeah, the same yeah, oh yeah, totally the same thing, right? I mean, I'm almost certain that that Grant Cardone watched Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and then decided he was gonna be a salesman. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's that's a little snippet there. And um, John, I want to turn it to you, to John's jargon, and uh, let's hear what something you read this week that you think is worthy to share with uh, all of our listeners here. Well, interesting enough, actually, what I had sort of read in preparation for this, we already sort of talked about, which was actually just the uh, uh, the framing uh, that you can that you can use. But I, I suppose another one that, that I read in, in the same book, which is called The Stoic Challenge, uh, it's a fantastic book, um, is actually negative visual, visualization, which we've also talked about. And uh, negative visualization is a really important tool set uh, for a Stoic. And, and w- what that would be, would be uh, imagining not like what bad things uh, could happen, but just how much worse things could be, okay? So an example of this would be, um, let's say that, uh, I don't know, well, I always use the example of uh, let's say you come home from work and your and you know your house is a mess and your girlfriend was supposed to clean and she did not. Okay, and and now you you're wanting to get all upset because she didn't do her job, right? Well, another thing would be that you come- <laughs> let's take a Lex sex sexist example, man. Like, geez, that's not you're a sexist example. How is that not a sexist, sexist example? Like, dude, well, you're if saying that, if, if that's, you're upset because you came home from work and your girlfriend didn't clean and she didn't do her job? Like, bro. Well, I mean, if that if actually if that was the pre if that was the pre if that was the agreed upon task of the day, sure. But can you not see it, how it that's like actually, inherently sexist? Well, I mean, was, I mean, I had defending, no, that, no, defending that's not sexist. I mean, because like the thing is, is like you, I could pull Trisha in here right now. Like she would not think that's sexist. Like that is actually a predetermined yeah, and, thing. John has actually mentioned yeah. in a previous episode that that's the agreement. Yeah, that's, that's sure. she's studying that's her, at that's home. Agreement. Totally yeah. got that you're not a sexist, John. I'm not saying that like, hey, you're just a prick. I'm just saying like that sounded like to people that don't know you, right? Like that. That's the whole thing sure but, okay but, i mean i'll use a different example but i mean just just so everyone knows that's legitimately a thing that i've talked about with with sure you know yeah, i i know and i actually remember that no, yeah yeah she's not like she has no but in, in but in the same way that like it's it's my rule to put like to clean my washroom like so it's not it's not like like weird that i like like i have to clean my own washroom. but you have more than one bathroom yeah. in your apartment Oh, that's cool. Damn, this guy's living. Damn. He has an $80,000 BMW too, eh? Okay, different example. Let's <laughs> say um, someone cuts you off in traffic, okay? And you get all upset. Well, another way of thinking about it is how much worse could this be? What if the guy didn't cut you off, but rather he T-boned you and then you were paralyzed? That's a lot worse. So imagine you you would just... You, if if you were in that situation where you got T boned and you're now a paraplegic and you're in, you know, you're in the hospital and you're sitting there, life's a lot different. Think about how much you would pray to just only be in the situation where the guy cut you off and he was just in front of you. You would give everything Mm -hmm. to be in that situation, right? Imagine you get a phone call from your employee saying, "Hey, um, you know, we uh, we we forgot to buy a gallon of paint." And it's, you know, the paint store is closed. We're not going to be able to finish this job until next week. And then you miss, you miss that payment for your payroll. Well, you would be, you would give just about anything to be in that situation in, 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 uh, in reference to your painter calling you saying, Hey, um, Sarah fell off the roof. Like, I think, like, I think she's dead. Yeah. 
right? So you can use negative visualization at any given moment. Like anytime you feel like you're not, you're just, you're, you're down on your luck and you're just feeling like, wow, man, like I, things are just not going my way. Just think about how great everything actually is going for you. Think about how much worse it actually could be and how if mm. you were in those worst situations, you would give anything in the world to just be where you are right now. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. I think about that a lot, actually. Yeah. Like That's actually something within Middle Eastern culture, which is like um, you'd start the sentence with, um, you know, God forbid something did it, that didn't happen or whatever. I use this often. It's like, well, at least did it, didn't happen. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, totally. I think that's. I think that's excellent. Yeah, I think that. I remember my friend telling me a story about this. Like, I was like in grade five, and uh, he was like talking about how a door, like a glass door, just fell on him. And uh, as he like recovered, he like thanked God that he wasn't dead. And it was just like, and he was like happy that a, a door fell on him because of that context. So, mm. yeah. but everything can also, by the way, be thank God. That's like that's the worst of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, cool. Great. Any other closing thoughts here on your guys' end? I think this is pretty good. I think topic of anger here today. Yeah, and also, uh, the, uh, like again, please let us know what you think of the segments. We decided to roll those up this week. Please give us some feedback. We're counting on our uh, yeah. we're counting on our day ones here. You know who you are. Uh, so the comments on this particular episode are important because we're trying to get into a routine. You'll also notice the audio is way better. So just let us know. We're taking you, your guys' you like feedback. That. You guys remember the stories you threw up like two weeks ago? We're 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 getting better here, guys. Like we're not just uh, we're not just taking polls. We're putting it into action. So we appreciate your guys' yeah. feedback. Yeah. Let us know what to add, what to remove. Maybe that little film segment you liked so much that every episode you want us to pick one segment sales related yeah. from a movie. Yeah. Like I can grab something next episode from The Wolf of Wall Street. Maybe just let us know. Happy to make it happen. And, you know, when you give us feedback, we listen, uh, just like John's girlfriend when it comes to cleaning their apartment. So it's... Uh, okay, it's, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uncalled for. No, I'm just saying they have an agreement, right? Like, it's it's good. It's actually a pretty healthy relationship, really, in that sense. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just poking fun. I just find it funny that, like... No, because, John, I totally get it. Like, you have... I, I've, I've done estimates for so many couples that they just go you know, the the husband or the wife will just be like, yep, financial decision-making is my responsibility. Well, and like, and that's the, and that's the way it is. And it's well, not because it's like belittling. It's just, we've agreed that that's, yeah, the way it works. But like, um, at least this is the current arrangement right, or arrangement. Yeah. Right? Because yeah, it's not set in stone. No, but, but like, it's going to flip. I think about this way, like my, one of my rules, for example, is to quite literally put food on the table and ensure that we have shelter. Right. So the reason why it's really important that she upholds her job, which is to, you know, clean up around the house, is that I don't actually have a choice. Like, imagine I just came home one day and said, hey, we actually have to move out because I just didn't uphold my duty. Like, we actually just can't live here anymore. I didn't pay my mortgage. It's we're, we're literally getting foreclosed on. Right. Or she opens up the fridge to cook dinner and she realizes, oh, hey, there's no food in here. Why don't we buy any food? No. Yeah, no, we don't buy groceries anymore. Right. So it's really important that we all uphold our, our jobs, right? So we can all like, cause like one, she wouldn't have a house to clean if I didn't supply one. And she also wouldn't have food to cook if I didn't buy it, right? But I also wouldn't eat if she didn't cook it. And I also wouldn't come home happy with a clean home 
if she wasn't around to clean it. So it, it all it all works in unison. And, and, it's perfect. and uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't do, get too caught up in roles. I mean, just as easily she could be the breadwinner and she could have a badass business. I mean, hey, there's women who listen to this podcast. Andrew, uh, Angie Lister is that one of them? Show. Oh, Angie okay. could maybe be the breadwinner of her relationship, it, and so w- w- she's got a stay-at-home boyfriend who's doing cleanup stuff, right? Because because oh, yeah, Angie's out does. here just busting ass, selling paint yes. jobs, right? <laughs> she, she wasn't ready. Make for sure that, that man's keeps the apartment clean, Angie. Jeez, uh, hold him down. Okay, so how do you know Angie? She sends you something. No, he's a good listener. No, I, 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 uh, she ran a half marathon. That's it. Yeah. Okay. I just pulled the name out of your hat. I love it. Uh, good memory on you. Okay. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. This was great, guys. Um, looking forward to next week. Thanks for listening. Give us some feedback. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Hey, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod or through email at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material. And just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.